The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I thought I had to be like a pit bull on a bone. I couldn't let go of it. There was, she wasn't getting out of that one. Misha Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, we have country singer Brantley Gilbert, who's a very, very big UFC fan, and he's got a lot of friends in the UFC. Now, we also have someone who I like very much and haven't talked to in years. The return of Misha Tate. Misha is fighting. I know it's uh, she's fighting Marion Renault and uh, July the 17th on UFC Fight Night 192. They're still determining the location, but it's nice to have Misha back. So we'll talk to her for a little while today. And I know she's had kids since uh, she left and uh, her life has changed quite a bit. So I'm kind of curious as to what motivates you to come back after five years. Considering a couple of years ago, she said she didn't really feel like she was missing anything. So it's interesting to see what changed. You know, I mean, how long has she been away for? Did she actually Five been, years, 2016. Yeah, I don't remember the month, but around okay. four and a half, five years. How old is her child? Is it because she was having a child? Is the kid like four years old now or something? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know, Matt. So maybe the kid's running around a little bit. Yep. You know, you went through the crawling stages. Now he's got a little, or she, I think he has a boy. She has a boy. I'm not sure, though. But... You know, now it's maybe like, all right, time for mommy to go back to work, you know, and she does work. She's like, listen, she is like a pioneer. She is a pioneer. I shouldn't say like a pioneer. I mean, it was her, Ronda Rousey, her her trilogy fight with Ronda Rousey, her spin with Ronda Rousey on The Ultimate Fighter. You don't think that got a lot of views, Jimmy? That's right. Damn right it did. Oh, listen, Brantley, Brantley Gilbert is ready to go right now. He's a music uh, he's a musician. He's a he's a he's a country star. What? Yes, he is. Let's put that all together. He's a country music star. Yes, he is. Let's talk to Brantley Gilbert. Let's bring him in. There he is. What's going on, guys? We made it happen. Hey, Brantley, how you doing? Nice to meet you, Brantley. I'll be doing awesome. How y'all doing? Oh, I thought you were in the gym for a second. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? 
That's where I need to be, my friend. That's where I should be. You look powerful. You look like a, I feel like yeah. I'm watching Vikings. You look like a, you look like straight out of, you ever watch Vikings? Brilliant. Yeah. I love that show, actually. That's a, that's a great show. You it do, is. I mean, I know you're doing your thing and you're, you're, you you made it in the music world, but yeah. you could have been an extra on that show. Look at you. You look powerful. Wait, is that you, that's your house with the bar in the back and that's like your hang? Yeah, this is the dog house, man. This is one of our COVID projects. So, like, me and all my band guys and my crew guys got together, and it's about 7,500 square foot. The bus is in here. Uh, my motorcycles are in here. And it's uh, it's it's our hang, man. I got a bar. I've, uh, I had to quit drinking uh, a little less than 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, I'm allergic to alcohol, man. I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, uh, me, me too. I understand it. <laughs> yeah, so I got a bar that everybody else drinks at. But um, it's it's a good time, man. It, it really is a good hang for all of us. Now, did you, when you quit drinking, did you go into, like, you know, I, I didn't, and I started drinking a lot of caffeine, uh, which I've, I've, I haven't stopped drinking since, you know, for, for many years. What, what did you do when you quit drinking? Did you switch to anything else for another food or another drink? Uh, what did you jump to? Uh, man, at first I was pounding cigarettes, uh, but you know, and, and I still, I'm, I'm cutting back on my smoking, man. I got to get yeah. that out of the process. Uh, I, I have cut way back, especially since uh, my kids have been born. I got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Congrats. They're, thank you, man. They're the world to me. Um, Beautiful. The, so I've cut down a little bit since then, but man, more than anything, they had me on a, on a medication that like. I ate and ate and ate and it made me whole water. So I got like huge after I quit drinking. Oh, you fattened up a little bit. Yeah. Well, you can always lose it. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. No, it happens. It happens. When I quit smoking, I got fat. Like uh, smoking was uh, even harder than drinking. Cause it's like 20 fixes or 30 fixes a day you're getting. And when I quit smoking, what, what a fucking fatso I ate. Like I probably put on 20 pounds when I quit smoking, but again, it, it comes off. So it's worth it. When you, when you quit, you'll put probably put a few on. It's all right. For sure, man. Hey, so uh, speaking of being in the gym, we have a mutual friend and uh, he, he's kind of one of these guys, man. He's soft to the earth. I think the world of him, but he holds me accountable on shit. And he wanted me to ask you uh, when you're coming back to the gym, Jim, Tell him I will be back very soon. Um, I've just been kind of, uh, I haven't even gone into a comedy club in a year. So I, I'm, I'm not paranoid, but I'm just waiting until the vaccines have like a month or two or three behind them. And then I'll get vaccinated and get back to life. But yeah, I miss it a lot, man. I, I loved uh, working out with Jimmy and uh, he's why Jimmy's a great instructor because you're, you're doing it. And he actually makes you feel like, wow, you're impressing him. Like there's nothing I'm going to do. That's going to impress Jimmy. But he's such a good teacher that he's like, yeah, good, good. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm really. So Jimmy makes you feel good about yourself. He's really he's great, man. He's a great instructor. <laughs> he's yeah, really I think the world of Jimmy, man. He was, he was talking about uh, you and Matt both. I told him, I was like, man, I don't know what's happening with the Zoom call, but it's uh, I don't know if it's a problem on my end or theirs, but I hope it don't mess up for too long. Matt Sarah might try to drive him through the parking lot like he did St. Pierre. Oh shit! Well, like I, like Jimmy often brings up, you know, I, I had a, it was better. Don't watch the rematch. We don't like to watch the rematch. But listen, <laughs> we had a good time in Texas, didn't we? You uh, <laughs> sure did, Brantley. Hey, I'm hearing that Jimmy Rivera loves your music. That it resonates with fighters. I gotta. I'm not much. I, I don't want to say I'm not a country guy because I like to have a. 
you know, I don't like to limit myself to a certain type of music. I got like some Johnny Cash and stuff, but I might have to start listening now because Jimmy knows his shit. <laughs> Jimmy it does resonates. know his shit. It resonates with fighters. Man, you know, is uh, we got a few songs. Like I got a, a song called Take It Outside. Uh, and I, I wrote it a few years back, kind of when I was still drinking. I had this this side of me, man, that, well, I, I know it does it for a lot of people. You know, it's like liquid courage thing. I'd get a couple inches in, in several places. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I start feeling like maybe I'm supposed to be a fighter. Which <laughs> <laughs> we all know it's not the case. It's like I told Jimmy, he's like, man, I've, I've been in a bunch of barroom brawls because, you know, and, and wrote songs about it. I, I try not to write anything, you know, write songs about things that I don't know about. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, that was part of my job coming up. You know, a lot of the whole wall uh, bars we played, a lot of venues we played, man, were rough joints. And you kind of had to get not good, not as good as you guys with your hands, but you at least had to be good enough to keep your equipment from getting torn up every night. So, well, so that scene in the Blues Brothers, did you ever play places like that in, in the Blues Brothers when they're playing that country western place? And everybody's like throwing bottles at the chicken wire. Like those bars are known for if they don't like you, they'll let you know they don't like you. Oh, hell yeah, real quick. Man, we played a BFW one night, and this is this is a true story. A guy pulled inside the BFW with a Harley Davidson concrete floor. Did a burnout, smoked the whole bar out, and then drove out. <laughs> was that because he liked you guys or didn't enjoy you? Or did he not even listen? I don't know who he liked or didn't like at that point. I know a fight started after that, and it was it was not a good one. But, uh, but yeah, I think he was just having a good time, man. I think he was just decided, like, I'm, I'm going to do a burnout in the bar tonight. People probably watching were probably like, wow, this is probably part of the show. They probably thought it was like, yeah, they're like, oh, this is wow. I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. Like when Rob Halford comes on stage for Judas Priest, he'll drive a motorcycle on stage. They probably thought the guy was with you. <laughs> hell, he might have been. I ain't really sure. Like I said, that was when I was drinking. So hell, he might have been one. So now have you been training for how long? Do you train at all or is it just casual or are you actually something you do regularly? Yeah, it's, it's casual, man. At best right now, um, you know, with everything going on, I, I'm kind of a. Well, kind of, I, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I, I, I kind of grind and I get uh, sometimes too focused. And, and, uh, but I was working with Jimmy for a while, uh, and, and Frank, uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's guy. And, and they, they had me getting on my way to being back in shape. And it's that thing where, you know, if you miss a week, yeah, uh, I'm one of those guys. If I miss a week, it takes me forever to get back in. So I'm casually kind of moving back into it. Uh, got some back stuff worked out and um, I'm ready to start hammering down again. But uh, yeah, Jimmy and Frank have both uh, sent me kind of, I guess, the nudge that they've sent you like, hey, man, how you been? <laughs> Are you fat yet? <laughs> No, he can look at me and know I'm fat. He, Jimmy knows I put weight on too. Like he can see it. Like it's pretty obvious when you look at me that I packed a few on. Uh, so yeah, I, I miss it, man. I really miss going in there. I would do some privates and some classes and I like the classes too. Like, uh, cause no one's a dick in the gym. I've noticed that like none of those guys are dicks. No one's trying to make you look bad or prove anything. Um, everybody seems to be pretty encouraging to people who are further down the, the ladder than they are. Yeah, man, that's that's important too. I like, I remember like nowadays the gyms you go to most of the time, like they're, they're kind of quiet and 
all that. So, Jimmy and I were having this conversation the other day. Like the kind of gym I enjoy being at, the one where it's, there's like death metal playing and yeah, you know, just a meathead gym. People are throwing around stuff that, and you can't find those hardly at all anymore. At least where I live. So uh, we, we need to start us one of those here in Georgia. <laughs> guys working out in jean shorts and construction boots like yeah i know the type of place yeah it's like a, it's a, the, all the walls are black uh yeah. i feel a place where all the walls are painted black yeah those are great <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. everybody's screaming at each yeah. other i love that shit. did you watch the uh did you watch the fights last weekend did you watch francis Ngannou versus steve Miocic? i did man dude i gotta say like i'm a steve Bay fan Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw y'all show where y'all were giving him hell about singing a little bit. We'll let you slide on that. But <laughs> I am a Steve A fan, and uh, but man, Nagano just looked like a, a whole nother fighter, like the sprawl and kind of doing a little groundwork was absolutely terrifying. Isn't that when you knew Stipe was in a little trouble when when he went for the takedown and Francis like sprawled and, and really kind of pushed him back up? You're like, uh, especially in a smaller octagon, you know, this is going to be this is going to be a tough, uh, tough night. And look for a minute like he was going to take his back, like he kind of worked towards his back. Yeah. It was. Yeah, that was scary. I was like, yeah, oh shit. I would like to ask Francis how like was Stipe at one point hit him with a, a counter like, you know, that right. That yeah. Kinda, which in hindsight, you know, it's 2020, but maybe he shouldn't have. Maybe obviously he should have. He should have had more space, but he stopped and he hit him with a shot that was similar to when he knocked out Verdun. It's yeah, like you like, right. like a counter almost going backwards. And then it was just, he was just there too long. But I wonder how Francis, I would like to ask him, did you feel that shot at all? Did you fucking? Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked it because it didn't like. There's no indication of him feeling it, but you know what I mean. For sure, it don't hit light, you know. So I don't know. That's just something that it know. looked like to me. It looked like he felt it because it did give him like a minute. Like he was like, "All right," and, but I think it pissed him off enough where that last shot was just cold, man. Yeah, but that, we talked about that on, on on Monday too, where guys like uh, Sean O'Malley, who we love. But he, he's trying to get like the home run walk off knockout, whereas Francis doesn't take that ever. Like he literally, you have to pull Francis off against uh, Alistair Overeem. He did it against uh, I, I want to say uh, Blades and JDS too, but definitely against Stipe. They have to pull him off. Like he is making sure to finish the fight as soon as possible, which I I, I respect. I think that's the best way to do it. Oh, for sure, man. It, yeah, till it, till Herb jumps on you and pulls you. Oh, just keep going. <laughs> But, but then you have the one who was it? There was somebody that did like uh, just lay completely out. Henderson Bisping. Yes, that was a, <laughs> that was a little much. Yeah, that and was I'm a rough Henderson one. Fan, but that was like, oh, holy shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like each other. I think they already because they still once in a while will go back. Like you'll hear. Uh, like, you know, when Bisping's announcing Henderson will tweet something like they still don't like each other. So there might have been bad blood there before. But, yeah, that always scares me when I see a guy get hit when he's that vulnerable, because like that could really, really hurt a guy. Yeah, for sure. Shows you what kind of badass Bisping is, man. I to know. come back from that and beat Dan Henderson, you know, and he did that with one eye. You know what I mean? He did that with one yeah. eye, you know, and he, and he beat him in a tough fight. And even to come back in the way he beat Luke Rockhold to get the belt because he lost to Luke also in bad fashion. 
And you know what I mean? Right. He was uh, um, overseas in Australia. And then he came back and he beat him. So talk about overcoming adversity, Michael Bisping. That guy's a fucking stud. Not only that, I found out he's in my new favorite show, Warrior, that I'm watching on fucking, oh, my God. I found out, guys, I don't know if you heard about the show Warrior, uh, apparently, but let me tell you something. And that actually, like, the original concept was actually from Bruce Lee himself. His daughter, Shannon Lee, is involved with it. And she said she had old um, um, writings from the father about this and that. Jimmy, Jimmy, you look she, though? I don't know. He's skeptical. Ah, <laughs> it's such a good movie. Well, it's is that really just a genius marketing thing? Or it's not my idea. It's my dad's. I, I, know, I don't know. It's the funny because I saw a little. I saw a behind the scenes thing, and she's reading about the notes, and she's like, "Look, he wrote even here about this Chinese discrimination, and that, that's what's in the show." So I don't know. Maybe it's loosely. Maybe it's a loosely based. Don't mean shit though. It's a great show. Okay. So, whether I anything to do with Lee or not, it's so great. About San Francisco in like 1878 in Chinatown. Oh my goodness! Anyway, turning right. you guys on to something good. I, I, I've checked that out, man. He's been doing the acting thing, right? And Cerrone did. Uh, Cerrone was in that uh, the Marky Mark movie. What was that? Spencer Confidential. Was he really? I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Cow- Cowboy did the acting. Yeah, he was in that. He was in a scene. It was like him and Post Malone like tried to beat up. Mark in prison, and uh, that's right. He Post somehow Post. got the hand on Cowboy Cerrone, the no, brand on Cowboy Cerrone in a prison fight. I was trying to figure that one out. Yeah, that's, that's, a, fighting, that's Hollywood. I think he's yeah. fighting. Uh, <laughs> he's fighting uh, Diego Sanchez. I think sometime soon. And, and Bradley, what do you think too? Because you're like a legit fan of the sport. Uh, and we've been talking too about. The possibility of Jones uh, fighting Francis. Again, I would love to see that, but I would just as much like to see a Lewis rematch. Either of those fights I'm okay with. Like whatever fight, Jones is a bigger fight because it's his first heavyweight fight and he's John Jones. But uh, what what do you think about the possibility of that? And is that the fight you would want? Man, I I tell you, I'm I'm interested. I think the John Jones fight is intriguing, right? I want to see how he works in heavyweight, but I want to see how he works against I mean, this guy, no disrespect, intent, he's a freaking nature, man. Yeah. I mean, that kind of size and that kind of power, you know, I mean, I, I would be interested to see how John Jones approached that fight. But the Lewis fight, man, to me, has the potential to turn out like one of those old Mark Hunt battles, man, where yeah. they're just freaking tanking each other. And I personally, selfishly love those, man. It's, I, I mean. Too. Yeah, just the good ones. The freaking throw down in the middle and go at it. So I mean, it feels like it has that. Like the Damian Maya versus Ben Askren. Oh, I love it. Oh, not the same thing. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's a different. <laughs> okay, that was a grappling fest. Yeah. I understand. It actually is the exact opposite of what you. Yeah, doing. terrible, terrible comparison. <laughs> I love that fight. Like, like Ben Askren and Jake Paul, maybe. I will see. We don't know. Oh my God! Right. Hey, I'm watching. I'm on I am too. I want to, I think Ben should be, and I, and people think I'm crazy. Everyone's like, Oh, Askren. I think Askren should win in the first round, considering the fact that he's dealt with Robbie Lawler and he's fought guys who punch you in the face for a living. And he's been hit by professional fighters. He should be able to take him even in a boxing match uh, in, in the first round. I think. But what's your thoughts, Bradley? Man, I, I'll tell you the, the Askren thing. I've met some guys that know him and say he's a real cool cat, but yeah. 
I am a Robbie Lawler fan, and the way the, the Lawler fight went down, like, I, I know there's a lot of gray area at the end of these things, and I'd hate to be the guy that calls whether or not something's a tab or whether – but he right. looked fine to me. And then when Ben Asker got on the mic and he was – and he asked Dana White, is this the best you can do? I was like, that dude's a legend, man. Like, maybe you got – lucky a little bit felt like he got lucky at the end but i just felt like that was disrespectful and i'm, I'm a lawler fan so i was like when when masvidal called him i, I was kind of like happy <laughs> I, I was stoked i'm not gonna shit you at all like i was like yeah, yeah. but <laughs> you are happy <laughs> but this one is kind of one of those things where i mean i think this is the first time we're really going to see whether this kid is is all talk or whether he's he's actually going to bring something of substance because this isn't you know athletes are athletes right and and you know the robinson thing was was one thing and i can't remember if that was him or his brother but i mean he's about to fight a real fighter so yeah a guy who's had to avoid real punches from guys that really know how to fight stand up i mean Askren didn't just go in there and wrestle i mean he had to fight guys who were who, who had real stand-up legit professional athlete level stand-up um, so yeah, it will be kind of, but I typically don't care about the bot. Like Anderson Silva is going to fight, uh, is a Julio Cesar Chavez, I think in a boxing match. And, and like, I mean, I'm, I would watch it if it was on, but I don't have a tremendous interest in the crossover. Um, I'd rather see a boxer fight MMA and losing, you know, within inside of three minutes, but, um, this, <laughs> but the Askren fight, I'm going to watch that fucking Jake Paul's a good marketer. And I'm going to actually watch that fight. Now yeah, he's, I'm a gonna check that he, he's a good marketer, but exactly the reason that Brantley's talking about why he was so happy when Jorge landed that knee. That's exactly the reason why you got that post-fight speech from, from uh, Askren, if you ask me, because I've, I, first of all, I get it. I like that you got your boys back. You're like, how disrespectful, but believe me, that dude is on that mic. Not just looking, not to disrespect anybody, but he was playing the heel, which he does amazing. And is that the best you got? That was between him and Dana to try to get him to that title. And that was his first fight in there after being rumored about, could he ever hang with the UFC guys yeah. for years? So that's a that was a little thing between him and Dana. And I'm not even sticking up. Well, I guess I am sticking up for the guy. But uh, it, it, uh, Dan, do you guys remember the, the show, um, uh, Leave it to Beaver? It's really old. It might be before. Of course I do. Talk. Unfortunately, yeah, yes, I do. It's really old, but there was that best friend <laughs> called Eddie Haskell. Yeah. Who was, he he knows how he was like very charming to the parents, but he's a real fucking. He could be a real dick behind the scenes. He reminds me of that. He's very like condescending, but but with a smile on his face. I like Ben Askren. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I do disagree. I agree with you as far as he's going to win, Jimmy. Yeah, but definitely, I don't think definitely, but. I 100% don't feel in the first round. Maybe second round. Maybe the first round he makes. Again, maybe, but I don't think further down. Because this kid's a young athletic kid that has some boxing experience from just sparring and whatnot. He's got some good feints. He doesn't, he's looking like a young, powerful kid. I feel Askren is going to use the dirty boxing, work his way in, look to clinch a lot, one, two, one, two into the clinch, and, and not take him down, but get separated a lot, get him tired, and take him out in the later rounds. That's what's what I feel. Drag him into deep water. You know, you might, man, maybe one thing I, I feel like that, that the kid does have going in for him, though, is like there's, at the end of the day, there's nothing really to lose, right? From the Paul side of things. Cause it's right. like you're you two guy. If you lose to a real fighter, you know, you're kind of supposed to. On Ben's side, there's a little bit of added pressure because he's supposed to, and by all means, should like 
manhandle dude and be able to work his way around him. And, you know, it would surprise me if that wasn't the way it went. But again, man, I'm a fan. I, I'm not a guy who's ever stood in an octagon or a ring and duped it out with somebody. So that's a, that's one of those things where, I mean, I'm speaking as a fan. I, I know absolutely nothing about, about being in the spotlight fighting somebody. And I think in my opinion, man, one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of the sport is, is it's like the ultimate form of competition, right? These right. are two grown men or two grown women going in there and it's hammered down the most ancient, you know, sport, but there's nothing more rewarding than, than winning, you know, a freaking hand to hand combat battle in front of people. Yeah. There's nothing worse than losing, you know, and you don't want to get knocked out. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to see the other guy's hand race. So to me, you know, not only that these guys and girls are in just incredible shape and that they're amazing and, and talented at what they do, but just the freaking pressure behind it, man, it's, it's, it's just impressive to me that, you know, that somebody can do that for a living, step into a ring with all his eyes on them and, and, uh, and go to work like that. So it's, uh, it's fun. Now, Brantley, uh, before, we should plug what you're doing. Too. We have Misha coming on in just a moment. Um, but, man, it was fun talking to you. Like, I, we'd love to have you back on and, uh, and talk more fights, man. Uh, and, and, by the way, you know what I'd like to see? Let's see Jake Paul fight Jason Ellis. We should have fucking – because Jason Ellis is a psychopath, and uh, that would be a fucking great – Jason Ellis would literally fight a freight train. So I would love to see that. Um, you, you have a great uh, new single called uh, Hard Days. It's out now. I was watching it. It's, it you have a tremendous voice, very unique um really great and on saturday april the 17th you're gonna host 500 fans in huntsville tennessee now it's a trail ride benefiting acm lifting lives is that american country music it is okay uh it's the philanthropic arm of the uh, american country music uh there was a terribly written plug by our guy with uh, ticket sales are going directly to their covid19 response fund now, it supports those in the entertainment industry who have lost income due to the pandemic because so many people can't work and that is a great cause. Um, only 500 fans are going to do this. So uh, tickets, uh, if, if there's any tickets left, it's going to be on Saturday, April the 17th. Um, go, where can they find tickets if there's any left, Brantley? BrantleyGilbert.com. And, man, we are pushing to get a few more opened. Um, you know, it, we have all the COVID guidelines, and we're trying to play by the rules. Uh, but, but we're trying to open up some more tickets so we can tell folks to keep checking back and hopefully sure. we can open up a few more. Maybe. And plus, sometimes people drop out last minute and then tickets that were sold all of a sudden come back um, or a few VIP tickets, get whatever it is. So just keep checking back. It's for April 17th and it's for a great, great cause. So thanks for coming on, man. We'd love to have you back. It was really, really fun uh, talking for a little while. Mm, for sure, man. I appreciate you guys. Having nice okay, buddy. Talk to you again. All right, brother. See you now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I like the family pillow. I like that. That is what that is, right? I I like that too. You can make those with anything. I have like one of my wife. It's nothing weird, but just my wife, like, 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 like this. And then there's one like with me when I had the belt, I'm like this we got we got pillows you can make any kind of pillows now blankets too i don't have any blankets but that's on my on my agenda that's really nice family jimmy has little ozzy osbourne blankets. no i have a pillow with women that i want to date who won't date me that's what my pillow is um (laughs) so misha it's been a long time since we've spoken um what what you're you're coming back and you're fighting now obviously what what happened that made you want to do it like or what sparked this um decision I really think it was inspired by the pandemic. I think the forced slowdown just made me reevaluate the most important things in life. Um, And I kind of narrowed it down to three things, you know, family, family slash friends, right? Time and your dreams. What do you want to accomplish? Those are very important. And when I really started to sit down and look at everything that I had and what I wanted to accomplish, like it just became very clear to me that I wanted to fight again. And, you know, having the gym shut down where I couldn't train at all. Um, it was the timing too, that like, that was, this was my second child and I had him in June. And that's kind of when I knew like that's, I'm done having kids. I have my beautiful family, a lot to be grateful for, but now like, what, what more do I want? What else? You know, I, I don't have a, I don't think I have a stop. I don't have a stopping point. I just, I always want more boy, girl. What do you have? I have a girl. I have a daughter who's two and a half and a son who's going to be one in June. Both will be, she'll be three in June and he'll be one. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Now, is that what you wanted? Just two kids? Is that, that's good. Listen, you have your boy, you have your girl. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I didn't even know I wanted kids for the longest time. So I think now like I've just this blessing has been bestowed on me and now I'm a mom of two and I'm like, I'm so content with that. They're two beautiful, wonderful children that, complete my life in a way that I don't think I could have even really, really comprehended before having kids. So I'm good. One boy, one girl, one for each hand. That's good for me. That's a good way of putting it though. As far as you didn't know, it would complete you like that. You don't know until you have a kid. You really don't know. Even my wife was pregnant. I remember talking to the great Joe Rogan and his, he had a kid just before I had a kid. And He's like, oh, it's like a biological thing. The second the baby comes out, you love it. He's looking at a picture. He's, and I, my wife was pregnant. You know, I'm rubbing the belly and everything, but I did not know, Jimmy. I yep. didn't know till my kid came out. Now, this is amazing. Now, you know no, what I mean? So, Jimmy, you don't know what you miss. Don't worry about no, it. No, I understand. And, and eventually, uh, let's be honest, Misha, I'm 52. It's not happening. Um, you know, uh, nobody is interested in having kids with me, and I don't blame them. I kind of like being single and having my life. Um, do you, by the way, Misha, are you amazed in the last five years at how much further even women's uh, MMA has the explosion of it? Because you were at the forefront of it in in the UFC. And uh, we were talking before about that. There was not just Ronda. I mean, it was you and there was some other uh, cat and some other women that I I hope you 
do you know like how important you were for women's MMA? Do you feel that? Um, people tell me a lot. Um, you know, I, I, re I remember when I first started doing this sport, like looking back at it now, like I've, I've thought about it so much that I didn't know I would have an impact like this. There's no way that I could have understood that. And so in hindsight, I mean, I look back and I say, I'm glad that I could do some great things for women's MMA, but I think women's MMA also has done great things for me and MMA in general has done. So it's a mutual, you know, it's a mutual give and take. Um, but yeah, I mean, the women's MMA scene has uh, certainly grown. I would say it's exploded on the scene and, and I've missed it. So I'm excited to get back in there and just add a little, a little bit more flavor. What was the fight? I, because I think it was the most tension I've ever felt before a fight, I think it was it was you and Rhonda fighting, and was was that were you guys the co-main on something where Jones was the main event? Um, we were the Rhonda and I were the co-main event when um, uh, it was Anderson Silva, Anderson. yeah, Anderson Silva and uh, Chris Weidman, the one where oh. Anderson leg. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember the uh, the tension before that fight. Uh, it's probably the most excitement I've ever felt from from any of the fights I've been to of yeah. two people walking into a, a cage was you two at that fight. So how do you feel coming back? Like, do you feel as confident? Do you feel as comfortable? Do you have any, I mean, what's it like after a few years not doing it? I feel refreshed. I feel full. I feel um, happy. I feel like I'm in a really good place and I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm, I've just mature too in my mindset. Just, it's just different now. I feel like I see things in a different way and I feel like when you do a sport for so long, so I mean, I started wrestling at 15, right. And then, you know, I started fighting at 19 and I didn't retire. So I was at 30. So like your head is so if there's no time off, you know, there's no off season. So just like, you feel like your head is constantly so stuffed full of information. It's like, I feel like now I have the clarity. I've had so much time off. I've been able to just, um, observe the sport and learn a lot that way. And now I just feel like, um, I don't, I'm learning a lot quickly. So it feels good. And you've said that you think there might be like your goal is obviously to get back to a title. I mean, you want to fight for a title. Um, do you now? How do you see that happening? Uh, obviously, you have you fight Marion and, and, and who do you see? Do you see one more fight after that or two more fights? after? What, what path do you see possibly happening uh, if this fight goes the way you want it to go? Well, there's only one thing I know for sure is that I have to come back. Um, and win July 17th. And I cannot take Mary Renault lightly. I think a lot of people are looking at her and really underestimating her saying, Oh, she lost her last four. But let me tell you, those four losses were very close. She only lost by decision. She's never been finished. Um, and she's a spoiler. She's submitted Jessica and which is, I don't even, I don't know if I, I don't know if Jessica has been submitted other than that, but not that I can recall in the UFC, um, also submitted Sarah McMahon, um, you know, hurt her with the right hand. She's very good in all areas. And I know I have to really be focused and prepared for her first and foremost, because if that step doesn't happen, then a lot of the, the long-term goals I have, right. will have to take a much different path, but granted I'm working hard and I feel very confident going into this fight. July 17th cannot come fast enough. And, um, you know, I, with that fight, then what I see, I mean, I, I don't know if it sounds crazy. I could see one more win and then a title fight. I could see that happening. I could see another win and another win and then a title fight. So I guess I would say between two and three, but again, it depends on performances. I think it depends on opponents. Uh, there's a lot that can factor in and, and change those kind of, you know, the, the, the roadmap to those goals, but 
first and foremost, July 17th. That has to happen. Speaking of performances, I want to talk about that amazing night when you won the title versus Holly Holm. And I want to specifically, if you could remember, between the fourth and fifth round on your stool, you like you needed to finish. You needed to finish. If I remember correctly, it was ages ago. And you got that beautiful rear naked choke, putting her to sleep. Now, what, you, what perseverance? Because you were behind. Holly was fighting a beautiful fight. She got out of some bad positions, you, you know? And so you needed that finish. You became the new champion by getting that finish. What was going on, if you remember, on that stool between the fourth and fifth round? Sure, I, I do remember. So, I mean, at the time, you don't know what the judges score. You don't know exactly. But I always like to assume I'm behind, right? So I always want to go into that fifth round, especially as a contender, that I've got to finish it here and now. And I remember, like, as they took the stool away and as they were leaving and, you know, all the information that they tried to give me in that 60 seconds. And I remember thinking... I think I've got to just risk getting knocked out at this point. I've got to risk it. If I eat a head kick on the way in, I do. If I eat a knee, if I eat a right hand, if she catches me on the way, if I have to chase her down Rhonda style and I eat one, that's, that's what this is coming down to. So all the other stuff, the head movement. And I mean, those things, it's like, it's great. Hasn't won me the fight yet. So I'm going to go back to the old Misha Tate. I'm going to put my head on the line. I'm going to risk everything. And if I get knocked out, then I get knocked out. But if I can finish this fight, I'm going to finish the fight. And that's kind of what I was thinking um, in a nutshell. I think it was a much shorter thought process than that. I was like, Misha, you might get knocked out, but you've got to finish this fight. So risk, risk everything. And that's kind of, that's it. That's what I was thinking going into the fifth round. Yeah. That's a very freeing feeling though, knowing that there's one or there's either two things that are going to happen. You know, yep. I'm taken out trying to get to her or I'm getting to her and having my way. That's a great way to think. It's very simple, but you know, that's, that's, that, that pretty much sums it up, you know, and that's yeah. what we're vital. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. And you're smart to look at, at the, uh, Marion Renault fight four straight losses. Yeah. I mean, someone's having a rough time, but that to me makes a fighter really dangerous because th th there comes a point where a fighter feels like they have nothing to lose. Like you just said, and uh, you're fighting someone who who's, who might who might look at it like my entire career is on the line. So you're fighting somebody who's feeling probably very desperate for a win. And I don't think that's an easy person at all. Oh, absolutely. And Jim, I don't know if you knew this, but um, it's kind of interesting, right? I'm coming out of retirement and this is her retirement fight. So here's another thing is like she has nothing left to save for. There is no future fight like this is. She's right. going to give literally every, what does she have to lose? Like she's not going to lose opportunities. She wants to close her career on a victory. She wants to beat me because, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, a little bit of an icon and somewhat of a name in this sport. I think it would be great for her to, you know, if I'm her, I'm thinking I want to close my career with a win over Misha Tate. So she has nothing left to say for it. She's going to bring literally everything that she has to this fight. And that's what I would do if I was in her position. So I, you know, I'm under no, um, make no mistake. I'm not taking her lightly. And I believe she'll bring everything she has to that fight. Yeah, it's very smart. Smart way to look at it. Because a lot of people come in or, or they, they, they have their eyes on something a little bit further. And uh, they say, oh, yeah, I'm not overlooking my opponent. But they really are uh, overlooking the person they're supposed to be looking at. Um, and, and how is that? You said it was a little hard to, hard to get Dana to believe that you wanted to come back. Um, do you think he didn't believe you or he was like, ah, she's not, she, she can't make a comeback or what was it like getting him to finally go? Okay. Yeah. You're welcome back. 
I was, I was honestly surprised it took him so long to kind of really grasp that I wanted to fight. And I, I think what it was, um, was that I don't think he wanted me to come back because I was desperate. I don't think he wanted to see a washed up Misha Tate that is fighting to feed her family. And I'm going to come back and get my ass kicked and get hurt. I don't, I think that's not what he wanted. I think he wanted to know that I have fire and passion and desire and that I'm going to come back and fight because I want to, not because I'm in a desperate, desperate place. So I think that's where at first he wasn't really, he was kind of brushing it off like, oh, you know, she's not, I don't know if he thought I wasn't serious, but I think he thought if she's serious, you know, she'll let it be known. And that's kind of what I did. I kind of had to hunt him down in the office and just sit down with him and be like, I want to fight. That's it. Like I want to fight. I'm not hurting for money. I'm not desperate. Put in my 30 day notice with one championship. So, um, Oh, is that what you were doing now? And, and you were still living where, where you are. Uh, I would, I'm guessing in the States, right? You never left. The States. I was, I was in Singapore for about a year and a half and you then were. moved. Yeah. I moved back in September of this year. And, um, yeah, that's cause I knew I wanted to fight again. So that was a big push for the move was that I wanted to get back here and I wanted to get back to training. So all the gyms and facilities were still closed there, you know, things like that was uh, a lot more strict in Singapore, which is a, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. If you want to be a, a professional athlete, I think it's a lot really hard for the athletes that were trying to train there. Cause even when things started to open up, it was like no contact. So I couldn't wrestle no grappling, no things like that. So I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to go back to the States and I got to get training. How was Singapore? I've never been there. Did, did you like living there? Did you enjoy uh, you know, the interacting culturally? Was it much different than the U.S.? I've never traveled there. It was oh, sh- uh, certainly different than the U.S. But what I will say about Singapore is similar to America in the sense that it's kind of a melting pot of cultures. So, um, and the, the first language is English. A lot of people assume that it's Chinese or Singaporean or something, but it's not actually it's English. So everybody speaks English there. It makes the transition really easy. Um, yeah, very fast moving kind of country. Um, great food. It was an experience. I'm glad to have the experience, but, um, even happier to be back home, having that experience behind me now and able to move forward to really do what I love and, open the next chapter of the uh, Mishita Chronicles and, and, and make that resurgence of the second part of my career. Sounds like a series on Netflix, the Misha Tate Chronicles. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh man, I, I got some stories. I was say you guys could, yeah, we could do that. I could definitely probably do that. Entertain right? some people for sure. My life is crazy. Hey, hey Misha, um, speaking of Netflix, what are you, are you watching anything, streaming anything with your husband that, I can get into. I always like to get new shows, or maybe a book reading that Jimmy would like. He would. He would be the one to ask because he's always watching TV. I'm not a TV person, so I don't really watch. He tries to get me sometimes into shows. I liked. Um, I don't know if this would be up your alley, or whatever. But I really like The Handmaid's Tale. That was like one of my favorites. But that's on Hulu. Ooh, what is it? it what is that? Okay, so it's because it's creepy in a way that I feel like it could really happen. It's very believable. Um, it's kind of like this religious cult takes over a, a section of, uh, of the U S and like nobody can get in and out. And they, there's a, um, well, in a nutshell, like there's a, uh, where women cannot get pregnant, essentially. Like, what do they call that? Like where infertility, infertility is like taken over, like it's starting to take over like globally. So they've like captured these women who have had children, forced them into like birthing children for these high up religious cult people and it's just crazy it's and then yeah it's it because it's pretty wild story but it's kind of like 
a little scary. It's like, what if that, that can really probably happen if we don't mind our P's and Q's, you know, you kind of envision it like that's not so far off that, you know, something crazy could happen like that. That's what I like. I like ones that are kind of believable. I also liked Dexter. So if you like Dexter or, um, did you ever watch Dexter? Yeah. My ex-girlfriend was obsessed with it. So I, I immediately yeah. didn't like it because she loved it so much, but yeah, the, the, the episodes I've seen, the acting was great. What about the meth one? I watched that one too. What was that one called? Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that one too. But again, those are, it's been a while since I've gone into the, the TV thing. Now it's like, I check my emails and my social media and I waste my time that way as opposed to Netflix. Are you a book person? Do you read books or not really? I, I listen to audiobooks. I love listening to audiobooks. That's my favorite. I don't really find the time to sit. I like to multitask. Yeah. So cleaning the house or baking or cooking or whatever. I like to have an audiobook uh, going. That's when I usually or fall. I fall asleep to it too. I listen to podcasts. Oh, shoot. Do you like cooking? I, people say like, I, I can't cook for shit, but people say it's like really relaxing and it's kind of cathartic and it's calming. And I've just, I, every time I've tried it, I've wanted to throw something through a window. I can't, I just can't enjoy it. <laughs> I love it. You do. It's the best. I, I love cooking and I love baking too. Um, oh, there's something I, I don't like to cook for myself. I like to cook for people. So I don't, if, if I was like, if I was a bachelorette, I guess if you wouldn't, I had no one, I would probably like eat you know, sandwiches and ramen or something like that all the time, you know, just like quick, but if I'm cooking for like my family, I really enjoy it. Like part of the process of, of enjoying cooking for me is like bringing joy to somebody else. Like they get to eat something that I made and it's like, they, they get to enjoy it. That's probably why you don't like it, Jim. That's true. I have nobody to cook for, but I mean, I'm trying to eat healthier. Um, and like you cook your, you won't cook your own like healthy food or what you need, or how do you get the food you need cooked the way you want it to? Do you make it yourself or do you have someone that does it? I always have somebody or um, somebody to cook for too. And my husband likes to eat well, like Johnny, he likes to eat healthy too. So it's easy, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if I'm baking chicken and asparagus and salad or whatever, you know, um, but I'm just the kind of person, like I'm telling you, like I will prepare a meal for someone else. I won't prepare a meal for myself. Like I am just like a grab and go. So if I am by myself, I'll cook seven chicken breasts on Sunday and I'll eat them cold. Like I'll just grab them and eat my, you know, right out of the fridge. Like I don't prepare things for myself. I just, the basics of what I need, I go. Um, whereas like for him, like I like to make, you know, I'll make the breakfast and I'll make dinner and I like to, you know, and then I'll sit down and I'll enjoy that too. But I, it's just not enough for me to do it for myself. I'm, I'm too easy. I think I just want to grab and go. Were you doing, you, you were acting at one point too, right? Did you do anything uh, acting wise? Uh, I never really followed up on that. I don't know if more will come from it. I did enjoy it. It was definitely a challenge. Um, yeah. Was it? Uh, yeah. Like I did two and I think one of them never ended up getting the full funding to get entirely produced. But uh, let me tell you, like acting is, uh, well, it's not easy. That's for sure. But if you really want to get into it, you have to be comfortable just like in fighting, be comfortable being uncomfortable because people are going to be all around you watching on the peripherals, but you have to just get so into a moment, whether you're crying or whether you're angry or whatever, like you really have to just be in that moment and put everything else out of your mind and compartmentalize. And uh, it's a lot harder than you would think because it's not an, it's not an, it's not a very intimate setting. It's like, there's usually a lot of people on set and things going on behind you, people staring at you, but you have to block it out and like focus on that. I wouldn't say I'm an actress by any means, but that's kind of what I took away from it. But no, you're right. It is really 
because it looks so easy. You watch people do it like, yeah, I could just be me, but that you forget like, oh yeah, there's a camera guy and there's a lighting guy and there's a bunch of people uh-huh. watching you and there's a director going, all right, I'm quiet. And, and yeah. it's all riding on you. And then you, like, it's as so I'm doing weird. it, you fuck yeah. up and you go, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's so hard to stay in a, <laughs> in a <Exactly>. moment. <laughs> I saw a clip of Michael Bisping on the show Warrior that I'm watching. I saw a clip of him and it was just, it was him being Michael Bisping. It was basically, you throw him in 1878. It was him saying, you know, he has the accent already, you know, and he's basically, he's fighting. Shoot. Basically him just being himself. <laughs> but hey, man. I, that's that's the way to go. If you're not a professional actor, you've got to like pick a, a role that's like close enough that you could kind of be yourself too. Because like acting, I think it takes years to really master, to be able to play a role, you know, to be a Matthew McConaughey, you know, who can just, you know, do, you know, play so many different roles um, and be that kind of it. But, but that's, that's their whole life, right? That they dedicate, that's what they do. Um, for me, it's just kind of like something I would, I enjoyed doing on, on, on the side. So I got to kind of stick a little close to home, like fighter roles or things like that. <laughs> well, the worst is because like, a lot of actors will do some amazing stuff and they'll be like, yeah, it was a choice. I made this choice for the character, but then I would go in and try something and, and my choice, the director would go, what the fuck are you doing? And I'd be like, I want to know. That's the choice. He'd be like, stop, just do it the other way. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So it's amazing when you're shamed acting. It's really embarrassing. I could see that. I could see, I feel like you have to just make it really big and then people will take you, like, just let you have more of the reins. But like, if you're not there, then they're just going to be like, no, you don't know what you're doing. You're not that good. Like, just yeah. shut up. Like mind your piece, like stay in the box. Like don't go outside the box. Like you're not good enough for that. <laughs> well, you're going to get to fight at least. I, I believe in front of a full crowd, right? Um, or, or were you? Are you? Location to be determined. It should be a crowd. You're not sure yet, but they're starting to come back to full crowd. Do you think right. that would have been odd to fight with nobody in the room the way they've been doing at the Apex and uh, on in uh, Fight Island? Yeah, I think so. But I've envisioned myself doing it that way too. And and I did coach on the Ultimate Fighter. So even though like I wasn't the competitor, right, you're right there with your fighter and you kind of get a sense of like just what it feels like. And, you know, um, you now I've watched enough of of the UFC events where there's no crowds, um, you know, and look, it's it's different, but I don't think. So many things can be different come fight day. That's just like one small thing. Fighters are, I think, very well equipped at adjusting to things on the fly and not really like if you want to be elite, you just can't let the small things you can't let, you can't even let big things get in your way. Like it doesn't matter. Fight day is fight day. So weird or not, I think you just, you come to fight. That's it. Has anything ever happened to you before a fight where you were like, Oh, I, all right. I, all right. I can't focus on this. That, that, that you thought might be a problem or a distraction that you really had to consciously get yourself away from thinking about. Um, yeah. Like I would say, uh, almost my entire career, to be honest, like my, in my, my personal life, having a, a significant other who was also like a head coach was just very, um, it was like very contradictory, contradicting and the, you know, the personal life and the, just all of that kind of like really getting in the way. I mean, there, there was, there were some good things for sure, but there was a lot of detractors as well. And I think the longer it went on, the worse it got. So, um, no, I remember, I remember in my, my bout before Amanda, I was cutting weight and it was fight week. So there was the fights on Friday and then there was the fights on Saturday, which were my fights. Right. So, so my ex went to, you know, can I go to the fights on Friday? Sure. Go. So, you know, come back by this time. Cause I'm going to be cutting weight. 
doesn't show up on time, comes back, you know, intoxicated, bring, brought um, people, you know, with him, um, like these basketball guys, you know, and it's like, if you've ever, uh, Matt, you know, like a cutting weight is a very intimate moment. It's not a moment where you're trying to be personable. It's not a moment where you're trying to be anything, but in that moment of focused on getting your weight down and fighting the next day, right? It's the fight before the fight. So if there's those kinds of things, uh, there was just a lot of that, a lot of detractors that really felt like towards the end of my career got worse and worse and worse and worse. So not in that situation anymore. I'm in a really great place where I don't feel like, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm not going to have those kind of detractors. I'm not going to have things taking away from me in my personal life. I have the best support system I've ever had. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but yeah. I think the best way to explain it will be July 17th when I come back. Yeah, Marion Renault, um, it's UFC Fight Night 192, and the location is to be determined. But uh, Misha, it's so good to see you. And, uh, you know, you're such a big part of uh, UFC uh, history. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that you're back and we get to see you fight again. So, so good luck and um, have a great fight. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Bye, good Jay. seeing you again. Take care. Bye. Misha. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. That's great, man. Oh, yeah, she's really, uh, she's awesome. She looks great too. Like she looks ready to go. Like, uh, and she sounds ready to go. So I forgot that, uh, I forgot that she uh, was, uh, her trainer was her, her partner. I forgot about that. Her head coach. Yeah. Totally forgot. I'll tell you, man, you know, she seems hungry, you know, not like me, not a fatty hunger. I'm fatty. I'm hungry like a fatty. No. You better not be, I didn't want to say stuff in front of her, but you don't want to get typecasted as a little pervert. No. As far as your acting, no, I wouldn't mind. As an actor, I don't care. They could, they could cast me as anything. Okay, it beats what they want to cast me at, which is nothing. That's what they want. <laughs> Here's what they want to cast me as: a person not in the production. They <laughs> like that role for me. I'll, I'll take any role they want to give me. Did you hear about Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz? Oh, did I? Yes. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Man, I, you know what I like about Nate Diaz, man? When he comes right back, when he comes back, he's not. Last time we saw him was with Jorge Masvidal, a fight that he made happen. Um, you know, so now he's coming back, Nate Diaz, after um, a lengthy break, and he's fighting Leon Edwards, who's just looking like a murderer, man. That yeah. guy looks like, you know, before the the uh, the eye poke, he looked he was looking very very good versus Bilal uh, Muhammad, and uh, having his eyes okay, by the way. 
Uh, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, listen, too. that's a hell of a fight, and it's and it's going down in like making history because it's the first time a non-title fight's a five-round fight all as the co-main event. Did you know that? Oh, as the as the co-main event. Make sure I'm not making that up. As the co-main event. That's what I heard, Jimmy. Yes, and, uh, yeah, that's correct. Damn right. I'm sorry. We said that at the same time. By the way, another. Uh, now, um, Kevin uh, Holland is uh, saying that because Darren Till broke his collarbone is out against Marvin Vittori. So now has that Kevin Holland fight been officially made or is he just lobbying for Kevin Holland's a fucking animal. If he wants to come back and fight right after that five round fight, um, man, you got to respect that. He, he really wants to get back in there as soon as possible. Gee, um, it's not official yet, okay. but it's exciting. Uh, it's, it's it's right there. There was a few things. I took a picture of it because I have a memory of a goldfish. Okay. So when there's exciting things, you photograph them. I did a. I, I I have another picture that I sent my wife. Want to see it? I do. Yeah. You sure? You want to see it? Well, I'll tell you what she writes back after I send this to her. Okay. Well, I'll tell you before I send the show to you. You know what she writes back? Ass like that ass because I send her this. That's a picture of you mm. making a kissy face. Mm. My favorite part of this is the ring light. That's my I favorite. Part. <laughs> How do you keep the ring light off? Oh, that's my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice photo. But the uh, yeah, you making right. the kissy face? I, I didn't care. Yeah, Jimmy, I like to listen. I like to keep it fresh. Yeah, you know, you know when you know when like. Misha Tate was saying that she's got the fire again. She's yep. got fire in her. I don't see fire in you, Jimmy, but I see a little spark. There's a little spark. I see, a, I see a little flicker. I'm like, oh, what's going on there? Is there a little flame that has to be a little, Yeah, a little, just a little. <laughs> nothing, nothing major. So <laughs> oh, Kevin Holland, Marvin Vittori would be a great fucking fight, man. Ooh, would I like that? This is why I went into my fucking phone. I didn't go in there. Yes, that would be a great fight. They got some history, too. I want to see that. And we know, forget about this main event stuff, you booking it for two months. We know Kevin Holland's great when you get him right off the couch. You get him right. That's when he's fucking going to step that's up. That's right. Yeah. I've, now, I don't know if these are official. All right. And maybe our people can talk about this and, and the, they can do some legwork. I'm hearing that Tony Ferguson is fighting Benil Darush. I want, is that on May 15th? I've, I've heard that too. Yeah. That, that is official. That is official. Ferguson versus Darush. Darush don't like it. Anyway, listen, uh, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy X out of the screen. Oh, sorry, was mistake. Hermanson versus Shabazian. 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 Yes, great fight. His first fight since um, that's Shabazian's first fight, I think, since Dark Brunson, since the loss to Brunson. Again, May 15th, Jimmy. Yeah. And now listen to this, Jimmy. This one came out. This one just hit me. I go, ooh. I actually said that. Ooh, like that. Ooh. 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 Not like that. <laughs> that's a lot. That's what it was like, Jimmy. And it was like, do it again. I, I, I when I I'm gonna say it, and then you do that. Like I'm reading it. Ready? Yep. Uh <laughs> Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza. <laughs> is that how you did it oh, no, sorry. Jimmy, that's not it at all you acted afraid oh sorry you i'll, I'll do it again 
Listen, that's I'll, not, do, I'll do it better. I apologize. That's not the reaction I want. Yeah, we'll cut that out. Let's on May 5th, listen, on May 15th, Jimmy, Shane Burgos is fighting Edson Barboza. Mm-hmm. That's a little creepy. That was more like, ooh. Oh, no, not good. Lovely men. What are you saying? Okay, yeah, you're right. That was the wrong message. Ready? Jimmy, Jimmy, yep. breaking news, man. Shane Burgos on May 15th, he's fighting Edson Barboza. <laughs> 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 oh, I, just, I disappeared. <laughs> oh, oh, <Jimmy>. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I swear to God, I gotta get checked out. Oh, Jimmy, that's a good I, fight. Let's go back. All right, that's the news. Oh shit! What do you think, Matt? To um, what, Jimmy? I mean, look, uh, the newly vacated lightweight title on the line, and this is May the fifteenth. Michael Chandler. Oliveira. Now I know Chandler comes over. He's a very Wait, highly. Uh, that, that is that? Is yeah. That, when yeah. is that? When is it? I'm sorry. That is. I'm trying to see in my eye. It's it's uh, 262 May the 15th at Toyota Center in Houston, oh, Texas. Card. Talking about tremendous fight. I'm happy Oliveira is getting it too. He deserves the title shot. He's. And then um, I think they might have offered something to Poirier. I'm going to guess they offered it to Poirier. Instead of uh, Chandler, or was it instead of Oliver? It had to be instead of uh, Chandler. They they offered the Poirier, and he's taking Connor's third fight. I, I don't blame him for money. I, I would take the Connor fight too because he can always get the title fight if he wins this fight. I don't blame him at all. Why I'm laughing is I sometimes use, I scroll through funny shit, and it was Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean O'Malley's reply to Derek Brunson. This <laughs> is somebody quoted this. So Derek Brunson wrote before his fight, before Sean O'Malley's fight versus. Um, uh, Thomas Almeida, you know, it's uh, Derek Brunson wrote, I'm betting the house on Thomas Almeida. Let's see if I'm homeless by the end of the night. <laughs> right? So Sean O'Malley writes, writes in, I got an extra room at my crib. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's funny when I first funny. That is funny. It is. Now, by the way, Matt, do you, I'm sure this is a dumb question. Poirier Connor will be a main event. I I'm wish a, I could X out of this. I don't even know how to do it. It I has to be. Out right now. Yeah. I would have X out because you're being silly. Well, you never know. I mean, could yeah, it be yeah, a Connor, Connor McGregor, biggest star ever. Let's put him yeah. on the one. Maybe he's a prelim. Jimmy, no, like I don't apologize for that. You're not wrong, but it could be a, the, the only thing it could be a co-main for. Stop asking silly questions. Here's the only fight it could be a co-main for. No one. No one, because he's not gonna do it. Connor's he won't the, do it, yes. Connor's doing that. He's going to show up on his yacht again and go, okay, wait, what am I? Third fight in? No. No. I was only speculating. All right, Jimmy. But what, what it could be a co-main event of. What? Uh, which is going to be a bigger fight than Poirier Connor 3 would be in Ganu Jones if that happens. But you're right. It probably is a main event. It was just, you know, I just thought of it, so I said it. Now, John Jones is saying, just cut me already. He wants more money. It's a negotiating tactic. John's a smart guy. Um, he's not going to get a fight with anyone that's a bigger fight than this. This is a huge, huge fight. And uh, I, by the time Jones fights him, here's the advantage. What? They will be in probably a bigger octagon than Stipe had, um, which does help. And Jones has that amazing uh, oblique kick and that amazing uh, work to the legs, which I think he may, I'm, sh- I'm guessing he'll use that to try to keep Nganu at bay a little bit. Um, I don't know if Nganu has had his leg kick like that. Why not just fucking go out there do a flying kick, end up on bottom and get him in a triangle? You never know. That's John also Gruden, possible. 
John Jones has underrated jujitsu ability. Yes, he does. And so, you know, I could see him getting into some kind of just because other guys have not taken down yeah. Frank doesn't mean John Jones cannot take him down. That's John true. DC down. DC's, you know what I mean? John Jones uh has that long, lanky frame that he could possibly just keep him at range and then get a one clinch, no matter where it lands, he might yeah. be able to latch onto something and break it. So maybe sure. Hey man, sure. that's what we watch. I will do it. I'll tell you right now, that's gonna that fight I'm sure is gonna happen. It's too big not to. It's crazy, but it was so funny that Jones had said a long time ago when he came in, you know, I don't want the biggest guy, but I come in. And then there was rumors of him wanting Brock. Um, and now he's got, if he wants Nganu. And it's amazing for Nganu's first title defense against a guy like Jones. But Nganu was really improved, man. He looked so, the fact that he exhibited the patience and he was very aware of his gas tank and he was not going to fall for the same thing twice. And he uh, beautifully splayed back. And, uh, and and stuff that takedown. Really, really impressive fight by, by Francis. So, yeah, I, I would give him an edge almost over, almost, uh, over anybody. I, I think going up and wait from light heavyweight to heavyweight is a big jump, man. That's a very, very big jump. Jimmy, I want the kids out there to listen to in, on YouTube or wherever they find it. Tank, what did I say? No, no, not you, Jimmy. Oh. Listen to Jim and Sam and the Roberts in the morning. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, serious. But listen to... Tiny Dancer by Elton John. Why? Jesus freezed and streams. Listen, I just like it. And I like it builds up. Yeah. Builds up and it builds up. It does. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer. It is a nice song. I'm I you're not wrong. Don't you exit out of this motherfucker. I, why would I? I'm enjoying the song. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you so much to uh, Brantley Gilbert, who I would love to talk to again. Nice and uh, Misha Tate, who is uh, fighting Marion Renault July the 17th, UFC Fight Night 192, location to be determined. The return of the great Misha Tate. Very, very happy that she's coming back. Man, and um, me too. no fights this week, Matt. So we will uh, maybe mean you could just chit chat about other things over the weekend. You know what I think I'm going to watch? Maybe that new King Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla. There we go. What the heck? You know? I agree. I try, I try to get my kids. I try to get them into like the classics. So yeah. I try to get them into Young Sherlock Holmes. It was a movie by, by Steven Spielberg. They weren't into it. I don't blame them. I got them into The Last Dragon, which was phenomenal, which I really sure. watch. You know? We yeah. loved. We loved Justice League, the Snyder stuff. You did. You know? Not the Josh Whedon fucking mishmash. Yeah, of course. Ah, I want to know about Cyborg's backstory. I want to know about Flash when he's going for that job at the pet store. And next thing you know, he goes out and saves a girl and makes a little eye contact and they get a little romance thing, maybe possibly in the future. Who knows? But he saves her and then he goes back. And anyway, listen, Jimmy, I will talk to you before next week. It will happen. Yes, we will. All right, buddy. So I'll FaceTime you later. Everybody else, thank you. Listen, I can't get back to everyone, but I do get messages about people, and I try to, by the way, about people loving this show. And I just want to say, fuck yeah, I appreciate it. God knows I can't, I'm no, I'm not doing anything else to make a living besides teach them all. So thank you, people. Thank you very much. Thank you, Unfiltered Army.
All right. See you guys. Jimmy, my oh, I know you gotta go, but myself and Bucko, Kamora Bucko, he's my 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 one of my partners on there on the uh yes on the pop one. We will murk in some fools. And if you want to join us, you could we could squad up. It's squads of three if you want to do that on the Optus later. Sure. Like, Absolutely. I, I did not have to prolong the show to say that, but I'm happy you did. Okay, Jimmy. You know I love you. Everybody, love you, pal. thank you so much. We'll goodbye. A bit of goodbyes, Jimmy. Goodbye, me too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.